This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, August 5th, 2010. I'm Caleb Brown. Democrats hope to boost manufacturing in the U.S., or at least boost manufacturing jobs in the U.S., but the trend of declining employment in manufacturing in the U.S. is decades in the making, even as manufacturing output has recently hit all-time highs. Dan Griswold, director of the Cato Institute Center for Trade Policy Studies and author of the book Mad About Trade, offers his thoughts. Congress did something surprising Uh, Recently, they passed uh, a unilateral cut in tariffs on about 600 items that are imported to the United States, where we don't make the items anymore, so there was no domestic uh, opposition, but they're chemicals and parts that are used by U.S. companies, in particular manufacturers, to make their final products and, and sell them abroad. Congress has done this every three or four years for the last 30 years under the title of the Miscellaneous Tariff Bill. But uh, getting the mood of the time, uh, the Democratic leadership called this the Manufacturing Enhancement Act of 2010. And it really is something positive Congress has done, a a targeted tax cut on duties that were imposed on items uh, important to U.S. manufacturers. Now, unfortunately, it's only temporary. Uh, Three years, they'll expire, and then Congress can go through all this again. But if you're looking for some good news, uh, there it was. You're talking about goods that are intermediate, that are used in American manufacturing, the problem that Democrats see are finished goods that come from overseas that are, as they see it, killing American jobs. So Democrats really want to fire up, in their view, manufacturing in the United States. Their plan is make it in America. And what do they want to do precisely there? It's it's an emerging, uh, not only legislative, but really campaign theme, make it in America, we need to restore manufacturing. And the narrative is uh, all these low-priced imports from China and other countries have have decimated U.S. manufacturing, and manufacturing is the backbone of the American middle class, therefore we need to restore manufacturing. That's wrong on a number of fronts. Uh, We're actually manufacturing more stuff than we were 20 or 30 years ago. It's just different stuff, higher-end stuff, Uh, fewer shoes, fewer shirts, a lot fewer uh, we import 98% of the shoes uh, that we buy uh, now, but we're manufacturing a lot more higher-end stuff, uh, semiconductors, uh, civilian aircraft, uh, a whole range of uh, high-tech uh, medical equipment, things like that. Uh, I think what, what bothers the Democrats, uh, I have to say, is that we're employing fewer workers to produce that because they're so much more productive uh, they're better educated, better equipment, uh, uh, better production methods. And, of course, uh, fewer workers means fewer union dues, which has caused problems for unions. But the U.S. manufacturing sector is healthy. Uh, output is up 8% from a year ago. They've actually added employment, 170,000 jobs uh, th- this year. In terms of value added, uh, what we produce minus uh, imported uh, inputs, we remain the world's number one manufacturer. So the manufacturing sector is doing fine. It's producing all that stuff with fewer workers. Uh, that's an economic success. The Democrats still see that as a, a political problem. Scott Paul, he is with the Alliance for American Manufacturing, says, when you look back on the last decade, it was the worst decade for American manufacturing ever, including the Great Depression. I think what the Democratic leadership is doing is actually a genuine response 
to voters, which and that's the voters, I think, is being the key word there because yes. there has been this divergence between output and jobs. And as political animals, politicians are concerned about the jobs. Yes. Uh, Mr. Paul represents an organization funded uh, pretty heavily by, by steel and the United Steel Workers uh, Union. So they have a pretty narrow uh, interest in, in all this. I think it's an exaggeration to say it's the worst decade. Uh, U.S. manufacturing is is changing. The jobs picture is changing. But let's not forget, 80% of Americans, and this number is growing, work in the service sector. And the typical service job is not flipping hamburgers or cashiering at a Walmart. Those, those jobs are, are they're certainly there. But they're middle-class jobs in healthcare, education, uh, finance, uh, business and professional service. This is the backbone of the American uh, middle class. Uh, in fact, if you look over the last 20 years, two-thirds of the net new jobs that have been created over the last 20 years are in largely service sectors where the pay is actually higher than manufacturing. So the typical service job today actually pays more than the typical manufacturing uh, job. If Congress really cared about raising incomes and promoting overall growth, they wouldn't be obsessed with the manufacturing sector. They'd be looking at ways of promoting growth uh, overall through lower taxes, more open markets, uh, less regulation, uh, less government debt. Part of the make it in America idea is one of several Democratic wish list items, as as the Washington Post points out in their article, and that is taxing companies that or punishing somehow companies that, in their terms, ship jobs yes. overseas. In, in a modern economy where, where goods cross borders freely – having operations elsewhere in the world is, uh, is almost essential. You're, you're exactly right. And the, uh, here again, the democratic argument's based on an, on an outmoded uh, way of looking at world trade. It isn't about, you know, we make stuff here and then we sell it abroad and whoever sells the most stuff wins. No, increasingly, U.S. multinational companies are reaching their foreign customers by producing stuff abroad. Now, we still export lots of stuff, but increasingly we're reaching customers by locating uh, affiliates abroad, 2,500 U.S. companies have affiliates abroad. Uh, they sell services there. And with some services, that's the only way you can sell it. You actually have to be in the market. Uh, but it makes increasing sense to make products uh, abroad and sell them in the markets where you know local tastes. For example, GM is going gangbusters selling Buicks in China. Uh, now, when foreign affiliates ramp up production, they also uh, buy stuff from the U.S. parent company that is shipped over there. In fact, uh, I've shown in my research that when employment increases at foreign affiliates abroad, they tend to increase employment here at the parent company at home. They need managers. They need engineers. And it isn't that they make stuff abroad and then ship it back home. Ninety uh, percent of what uh, U.S.-owned affiliates abroad uh, make abroad, they sell abroad. Uh, that's how they reach customers. If Congress and the Obama administration get their way and they drastically raise taxes on these affiliates abroad, they're going to force them to withdraw from those markets and because they're going to be paying higher tax rates than their, oh, their German or their French or their Japanese competition. And we're just going to cede uh, the fastest growing markets in the world uh, to our competition. That doesn't sound like a smart idea to me. And in some sense, that is a terror fact. Yeah, or, or it's, it's right. It's Actually, it's a. It doesn't even fit with the the outmoded model of selling as much as you can abroad because you're actually taxing those very U.S. owned entities that are selling U.S. branded products and services 
uh, to customers abroad. You're, you're, you're giving up your market share in the fastest growing markets in the world. Dan Griswold is author of the book Mad About Trade and serves as director of the Center for Trade Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. You can visit the site at freetrade.org.